Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Proudmouth. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help get you there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It's time to find a new perspective on what works, why, and how to move your business forward. Listen in as Matt Halloran interviews guest experts to help you be your own loud. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. Kirk and I are going to talk today about the power of outsourcing. This is something that has been a huge benefit to our company uh, and the growth of many other professionals that we know. But we're going to begin by talking about the right mentality. This is a huge component of what Kirk and I are going to talk about today. And Kirk, you and I have had a couple of conversations about the expert mentality and, and why there might be some apprehension to outsource. Actually, we were just interviewed to be featured uh, in a webinar, a newsletter, and a blog post by Community.com, which is a huge portal of marketing and other talent for agencies and companies to hire. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and one of the big things that we talked about was was the uh, outsourcing and why we engaged them. And we have a wonderful success story of uh, working through with them and then a, a number of different talents that we used for the, actually for the launch, launch, <laughs> for the launch, <laughs> the launch of Proudmouth, which um, for us is a wonderful story. So it was really cool to tell that story and be used as a case study. And just so you know, Communo, they're a pretty big org. I remember you were spouting the um, stats the other day. I'm going, I'm going there. To, I'm going back there to spout them because it's pretty cool. 5,248 open opportunities, 202 million in total work value that runs through there, which is funny. I don't know how they calculate that because they have a limit on how much you can put it as a price. Really? Well, we spent way more money than our job thing said. So my guess is it's way over 200 million. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the project that we came to that community with started at five, but we ended up spending way more than five. Yeah. Four or five times that. Anyway, all wonderful spend. Just incredible group of professionals, incredible tool to find people. Anyway, so outsourcing is huge. And this is, you know, part of our experiences through communal and part is just having done that a couple of years prior. And it's made a huge impact on our business. And that's why we're talking about that. Why? Why Why did you and I, in your mind, Kirk, see and realize the power of this? What, what, was, the, what was the trigger for you? I, I was just asked this, by the way, recently uh, about yeah. why we've hired so many consultants. So I, I want to hear what your answer to that is. What, what is your take? Wow. This is, I, I wasn't expecting to go here today, but it was a wonderful question. I would say that there's a, number of things, but it would start with, I'm tired of doing something that wasn't done well enough and ends up never getting launched because it just never got to a place where it was launchable. Now, I don't know if that's the perf perfectionist side of me, which comes out sometimes, not all the time. I don't think it's that. I think it's just trying to do something that you've never done before and expecting it to be at a level of professionalism that you know your audience would expect is a problem for me. 
I, I'm just tired of being there with a couple of things that we've done. So failure wow. is really the answer there. Okay. That's a huge thing. Just tired of failing because you just can't possibly be good. And I think there's a ton of our listeners who are right now thinking outside of the couple of things that they're really good in their business, they probably failed at a ton of stuff. They yeah. probably failed at stuff they're good at. That's how they got good at it. But this other stuff, they're still failing. Yeah. Where they're hoping to transfer the failure to somebody who has a quick idea. Hmm. And that's usually not working out as good as it could either. There's just so many inefficiencies, so many people trying to do stuff they're they're not, you know, an expert at or mm-hmm. haven't tried and failed so many times they know how to do it better. But but, but hold on. And I think I think the the onus of this question, and this is going to get into the whole general practitioner and, and referring back to by the way, uh, we'd like you guys to go back and listen to episode number 272. Because we really talk about a lot of bots that really stop people from taking not just risks, but also the power of outsourcing. And Kirk, I was just recently on a, a radio show, I was telling you about a friend of mine out of Chicago. It's called Building America. And we were talking about the new brand and all of that stuff. And, and one of the things that he said to me was, wait, 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 hold on, Matt. Your business partner is a branding expert, a recognized branding expert for the last 20 years in financial services. Why would you outsource something like that? And I think this goes to our audience for Top Advisor Marketing here because there are people who can do stuff good, but sometimes you need that outside third person or you just need to make that decision as a business owner. And this really gets to the focus and talent component that we're gonna talk about here in a minute that there could be people who do stuff differently than you do, or even possibly even better than you do. And you need to have the humility to go into that. What, 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 how do you respond to the, the, the question of why would Kirk Lowe, a branding expert, hire a branding expert? I think having an ego on what you do is just bad business. I feel like I'm very competent at branding and in the financial services industry that's better than most you're also limited to the create creative acceptance level of what that industry so i didn't have to be i was i don't know if i if it limited me professionally but the truth is is that i decide it wasn't just it's hard to build your own brand that it was let's just go hire somebody who's like one of the best branding people in the world yeah and why that's what our, our vision is for our company. So why would we, why would I settle for myself? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. Maybe people may think that's funny, like, but I, I thought it was perfectly normal just yeah, to go find somebody who I thought was going to be better. And I love the, I love the checking the ego at the door. So let's, let's, let's move on to this. You, you, I, let, let's be honest. It's, it's, it's something that a lot of our listeners that personally I've, or professionally, I guess I've struggled with over the years is I've never met a financial advisor. I've met a lot of financial advisors who think that they're in the top 10% of financial advice givers. So, I mean, I haven't even probably met 1% of that. So maybe I just happened to meet all the best ones, but I don't know about that. Statistically, that's probably not true. I love that people have confidence and you got to feel good. But it's, it's odd to me that everybody thinks they're so good and they try to do things that they're not good at and they're perfectly fine with it. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes a lot of the biggest companies and the most successful advisors or practices we see, they split up and find the best talent, like the ensemble model. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. where they just say, look, I'm just going to do this. And I'm, I have other people I know who do the rest of it. And those people have so much credibility. And I think a lot of other people are kind of telling lies. They're lying. I mean, lying to themselves. I don't, and I don't mean that to be negative. I, we've all been there, but I think this was just a time where it's, I just felt like we needed the best and, and we paid for it and we got it. I think we sure did. I absolutely agree. When you're looking at outsourcing, one of the things that I think people have concerns about is, is the boastful nature of it and how do you truly find the best? So Kirk, you know, when, when we, you're trying to find the talent to outsource, and, and especially since we're talking to the financial services community here, what are some of the things that you have seen advisors outsource that have been hugely impactful on their growth and development? I'm kind of blending two of these here, by the way, focus and talent and better path to success and even financial. So I'm actually, some of the major points that we're going to be talking about today, I mean, those all kind yeah, of go there's in. There's a lot right? of crossover. Yeah, it? yeah. It's okay. So what do you think? But we'll just be redundant and everybody will. Yeah. It'll be like they've got, they heard the same thing, so they won't forget. <laughs> I mean, one of the most important things or benefits, I guess, of outsourcing is that you can find somebody that's better at you, at the thing that you want to have done. And if you're whatever expert, type of expert you are, whatever business or industry you're in, uh, in this case, we're talking to advisors, marketing is not typically your forte, just as um, managing, like running HR is probably not your forte, right? So, I mean, you can hire people internally to do these things. HR seems like a more easy one because there's going to be so many, depending on how big you are, there'll be people to manage and but we outsource all kinds of things here because we can go find people with more talent who have failed more so they know better now, have worked in a lot of diverse situations so they can apply stuff that maybe a company like ours. Sometimes you go find somebody who's like an accountant for exactly your type of company and they can have some really good wins there, but they also don't know what other companies are doing. Yeah. That's one of the, that was a really interesting argument. I used to have to wait, sift through all the time when advisors would come and say, Hey, look, should I be branding with somebody who only brands in financial or should I be branding with somebody who's never done a financial brand before or done one, but they have a unique experience outside. You know what my answer is, right? Have been the businesses. No, the thing about working with somebody who understands this business is there's a lot of intricacies. You're probably less likely to make a big mistake. Yep. So I think it's a safer bet. Having said that, the creativity of a non-financial based marketing or branding company may be a little better or out of the box. The problem that I found is that it was very infrequent that anybody would want to go outside the box. They may say, they may come into the branding process thinking, yeah, yeah, let's do something really cool. When you got down to it, it was like, geez, nobody's going to understand. That's right. And in a couple instances where I got more rope to go, Mm -hmm be creative. There was buyer, there was brand remorse Yeah. over the years that affected me and uh, potentially my creativity in the role mm-hmm. because I knew that everybody was, it was tough, but I can say that over the years, 
the best brands I ever created never made it to the, never made, never got launched. You know, you told, I remember meeting with you and you're like, dude, I got to show you this brand. And, and, and it was, it was freaking awesome. Like, I, I really wish I could remember which one it was right now. And then I said, well, you know, Hey, whatever happened to that? Yeah. They decided not to go with that. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's like some of the best work I've ever seen and would have gotten clicks and likes and people commenting and all of the things that you want from a brand real. And it wasn't just the visual aspect was even the messaging, all the messaging surrounding it was so powerful. And you're like, yeah, they decided not to go with that. That's freaking brutal, dude. Yeah, probably my, there's a brand that I created for a guy who then left the business. I recently found a, another client who wants to upgrade their brand. And I was thinking, oh my, and when we were talking about it, cause I'm, I'm not building their brand cause we don't do that anymore, mm -hmm. but they called me for some advice and they've been they were an early adopter of our podcasting. So I like to be helpful. Sure. So we chatted for a bit. I introduced them to a brand I had done like four or five years ago that I know had never been implemented. And I hooked those guys up and we had a meeting and it was just a big love fest. It was just so much fun to be able mm. to pull people together. And you know, what's really interesting is when you do really good work, the advisor who I created that brand for never ended up using it. And he was so grateful. It's funny, the mentality of people because sometimes everybody's worried about you know a dot you missed on a social post and they get all angry and that doesn't happen very often but it happens and this person spent thousands of dollars on a brand and never used it and was so grateful isn't that crazy yeah and this is what he said to me he's a he's a business coach who's now working with uh Prado, and he's so amazing that he's just he's like book solid <laughs> The, the brand, his, his point on this was like, he said, Kirk, I said, I, I feel so bad that you never use this. And, and it was so good. And he's like, it was unbelievable brand. And I can't say it because somebody's about to use it. And have, I don't know if they've trademarked it yet, okay. but it is really amazing. I think anyway, I know this is such a letdown for me to say that and not tell you, but I can't anyway. <laughs> you are kind of teasing us a little bit, dude. Yeah. But he said to me, look, Everything I invest in, whether it works out or it doesn't, the process the process that I went through to to do to engage in that in, in your world and what you did for me brought up other opportunities, changed my mind, evolved my mindset. He said there were always good things that came out. If I hired good people and I paid attention to the process and I invested myself in that even if it didn't work out exactly the way I thought it was, we're completely different. He said, I almost always get something really good and it moves me to the next thing. And he said, I always kind of um, catapult to the next, to bigger and better. And he said, so I never look back and worry about, hmm. that's such a great mindset to have. And that's why we, you know, it's not just an obstacle or a challenge or a fail because he doesn't really look at it like a fail. In fact, it was a great success. And we both agreed that it was still to this day when we showed it to this new client, they're like, oh my gosh. So it, it was really cool for me to see that come full circle, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. It does. But the mentality of that was such a great learning point. So focus and talent back to actually, actually what we're supposed to be talking about today is that you have way more access to talent these days just because of regional yeah. No, no limitations geographically or less limitations, right? There's still time zone stuff, but well, and language, language burden, yeah, absolutely. language yeah. barriers and things yeah. like that. But um, there's so much more talent you can go get. When you find somebody, it's, it's hard to, 
have all the talent you need in your business to run a business. That's just the way it is. We can't find and pay and commit to the talent we actually need to be highly effective in every area Mm -hmm. and efficient. Some companies just love, have really resourceful people in the company and say, look, every new project I'm going to give to you because you just seem to find a way to get it done. But, but at a certain point, that becomes really contraindicated for the growth of your company because you've got somebody really important who's always in learning mode and they're almost always going to be making bad decisions, even if they're really good at what they're doing. You have to figure out where they're, where they're in a place to make all the best decisions on a consistent basis uh, and where they can't, or you can't, you got to find opportunities to find the right talent. And that means you can keep those people, the people in your organization focused on what they're doing well and keep creating momentum for the yeah. company and, the, and themselves and then bring in people. So the outsourced talent can have a huge impact. And I think that leads to the next point. So that is a way better path to success because they can be way more efficient. So you pay them more money than you might if you hired them full time, but they're not, they're going to spend, I'm, I'm guessing way less time doing whatever they're doing because they've done it so many times. They're going to avoid a bunch of mistakes. They're going to know the best. They're all, they're already have kind of done all the research. You know, we gave an example of when we were looking at, I was doing all kinds of research on CRM and other automated marketing tools. We finally met a marketing person that was really wonderful and ended up, we've been working for, with them for over a year now. They said, stop searching. I already know the best. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that awesome? Do this yeah. and you'll never, and trust me. So we use active campaign now. Mm-hmm. An active campaign, in my opinion, is as good as the best ones out there. Not as rich a feature set, mm-hmm. but a lot of times the richest feature sets are for a larger companies who do a lot more than the average or mid-sized company would ever need to do. See, and I think it's distracting, Kirk. I think a lot of those other big data sets or oh, opportunities yeah. can be, I think Active Campaign allows us to be super focused. I'm going to tell a quick story here, if you don't mind, because I have a friend of mine here in town who works for a BD. He was having some some accuracy issues on paperwork, opening new accounts and those sorts of things. So he called home office and the home office said, hey, we've got an outsourcing solution for this. And so he ended up outsourcing a lot of the onboarding stuff, he can just put tasks in his CRM and it shows up on this lady's side. And it was interesting because you were talking about how, you know, sometimes this is more expensive. He doesn't have to pay benefits. He doesn't have to manage the person. It's not a full-time person. He pays as he goes. Hourly, is it more expensive? Well, absolutely. But this woman, this is all she does, man. She just does onboarding paperwork for people and she's so quick and so efficient and the mistakes have gone down literally exponentially like his his he had a a woman who that's what she did and she just kept she having issues attention you know like the phone would ring and then she'd be in the middle you know you know how this is dude the phone rings and then you forget what you were doing well that's what this lady does and and that's the sort of outsourcing i think can empower you as a business owner even the learning there's learning for not just outsourcing there but there's also learning about how you divvy up roles and responsibilities in your own organization one of the big wins that we had in the last six months, actually four months, was we have Jennifer on our team who is amazing at getting people set up, organized in the setup. So she's managing all of our onboarding of new clients. And when she just does that, that allows the other team to breathe because they're doing a whole bunch of other things. And this one thing was a lot of strain on them. Mm-hmm. 
with the other responsibilities that have and getting one person to do it, we actually became more proficient. We have a better outcome for our clients. So it's easier for them where it's just been a wonderful thing. So I know that's not really to the point, but outsourcing is, is in a way is kind of defining a specific set of skills or talents or projects or outcomes you want, finding the expert there. But because you, you look for a specific talent, sometimes you got to apply that to your own business too, right? Cause you can have, I mean, I mean, I know that's super obvious, but I mean, taking, oh, that just sounded like pretty regular advice, but I, I probably should give an example here. An example so is taking something that like admin and pulling men apart into small pieces too. Anyway, probably a lot of it, probably a lot of our listeners saying, yeah, I've been doing that for like 10 years, dude. Like, thanks for the advice. I'm just reminding you how smart you are, man. Sometimes it's good to, you know, just Sometimes kind of uh, remind everybody uh, what's, what's going on there. All right. Where, where do you want to go from here? Let's, let's continue the, to, to get through our material. Well, the better path for success. So we talked about having an expert mentality. Like, you know, you're, you would never ask, we didn't actually give this example because I talked too much at the start, but nobody would ever go to their GP and, and experts use this analogy all the time with their clients. And I'm going to, we're going to throw it back in you guys, but nobody would ever go to their general practitioner. So their medical doctor or family physician and they have them say, Hey, look, we found something, something wrong with your heart. Identify that and say, come in next week. I'm going to do our open heart surgery on you. Obviously you're going to go to a specialist who's done, you know, hundreds of hopefully thousands of open heart surgeries so that they don't make any mistakes and blah, blah, blah. So that expert, that mentality of, of general versus special needs to apply to what you're thinking about. But I find that if you, if you get, if you get the right extra or the specialist on the job, the less, the, there's way less risk of making a big mistake, making the wrong decision, hiring the raw, the raw, using the wrong tool to implement or manage. So, so that, that path to success, the less risk one can be a huge impact on key, maintaining the growth and momentum of a company. And that that's probably one of the biggest reasons, biggest motivators for us, at least for me, mm-hmm. is I, and I said it earlier, I don't want to make more mistakes. I don't want to build a, an academy, like a learning membership site for experts and have another failed launch. Because I've tried a couple of times in different ways and just didn't get it right. So went hired the right people, still made a mistake, but, um, <laughs> we don't but, bat a thousand dude. Right. I, I mean, that's- yeah, but I think we're way closer, way closer and we got the thing launched yeah. and we're going to do a relaunch. But anyway, yeah, I think, I think the better path to success is a huge thing. The next one is just a, a learning model, which I think is really neat in a business. It's kind of like you've hired a, a mentor or a coach for somebody on your team. Who's going to take this over. Because typically outsourcing is limited over limited time. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's ongoing. Sure. We have a we have a chief financial officer that we've hired outsourced to what we call this fractional CFO. Mm-hmm. And the goal there is to have them be part of the decision making strategically for years. At least that's my plan. That's working out really well. But sometimes you bring somebody to get a job done do it really well and then hand off and then explain why you did everything, why that tool, why all these decisions, why they were made. The learning that can happen 
is you, you've got somebody in your team in a position of strength now to carry that forward and then make little decisions and remember what they learned from the expert. And not only remember what they learned, but maybe have that expert on retainer or not, just be able to go back to them in a couple of months and say, hey, so what we do is we have a get the project done and then our goal is to have a, a slow four to six month handoff. And then maybe we, we're, we have somebody internally managed from there. Yep. If it's something we just don't want to hire and, it, and there's too much management, we'll just keep the outsourced person in place mm-hmm. for longer term or find another person that's maybe not, that's more of a, an implementer than a builder. Because sometimes you only get people who want to build, right? So you got to find an implementer. Yeah. Typically, the builders know the best implementers. Yes. So you can get them to, and that's happened to us. It's been tremendous. So usually the people who are expert in one thing who don't do touch the other stuff, they know the people who are really good that do the other stuff. And that can be a huge win too. And I love that cascading thing. I, I love that, yeah. right? Uh, we, we've experienced that a number of times where, you know, two, three referrals for our, for our outsources in, we're like, wow, look at this. I, I know this is for some people, this is going to be basic stuff. Of course, you, you go hire somebody and then they know somebody and then they know somebody and that's just the way business works. But when you're not thinking about sourcing, I think we forget about those things. Yes. Like we're trying to bring inside, we forget about all those, all the value that ends up burying its head in the middle of one of these relationships that you just forgot about. Like all, and that's why we're going through these benefits. The learning model is, I think is a real, a better learning model for your team long-term, I think is a really cool. Next one is financial, you know, lower staff commitments. You don't have to have a long-term commitment to an outsource partner probably a little bit easier to move on from them if they're, if it's not working out, whereas with an employee that can be more difficult at times, depending on when you find out they're not getting the work done. It can increase productivity in the short term for sure. I think it's a better use of money. So it's more expensive, but I think with the, with the efficiencies, the effectiveness and the productivity and the less risk of making a bad decision, which is redundant, that makes its way, it's better. It's money well spent or better spent. Yeah. And that, so financially, I think it's a, it's a win most of the time. Okay. There are some downsides though. Yeah. So, so, so let's move to the downsides, man, because, you know, we've been uh, taking the last, you know, 30, 40 minutes here to talk about all the power and the benefit and the freaking sweetness of, of outsourcing it. And there are some things that you have to keep control of. I think the biggest one is just almost becoming addicted to it where you, you end up over relying on it. So this can happen a couple of different ways is maybe it's outsourcing too many things because it feels maybe easier to not have the burden of overseeing your team and how, but um, so over-reliance is one thing. And the other one is control. You don't have as much control. I think that, that was your point. Just losing control. I don't know. How do you lose control? Maybe you should go deeper on that. what do you mean? One of the things that I've said before is, you know, what one of the things that makes you a great financial advisor doesn't always make you the greatest business person. And and part of that has to do with the 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 need to control things. And when I brought up outsourcing to other professionals, even outside of financial services, one of the biggest things that they're concerned about is control. And it's almost like, you know, us moving virtual, right? I remember one of my one of my clients, an early podcaster with us actually, who said, you know, I'll never let anybody work virtual because I don't know what they're doing. 
right? And now, of course, everybody's virtual, and we've actually seen productivity increase. I don't know if you've noticed that. The overall idea that if I can't see it, touch it, smell it, whatever, that's right there, then usually outsourcing is done virtually. So I, that's really where I went with the whole control thing. I, I just thought I just thought of something really important that we've never talked about. You and I've never talked about, and I certainly haven't talked about in the podcast, which is there are certain parts, the core parts of your business, your expertise, for the most part, I don't think people should outsource that stuff. Sure. We don't outsource podcasting. Oh. Like we have people do that. All the stuff, our, our actual service is all internal. I don't want to make, give people the wrong impression if, if we'd given that one. It's, it's growing the company in areas that we don't have expertise, but it, it should, I don't think it should ever be your core service unless you've your core service is efficiency because you are outsourcing right? right unless that's your actual product or service but you know these are this we talked about this being a downside but it may actually be not a downside so you're kind of jedi mind tricking our listeners here <laughs> i never do that dude. next one a downside is higher cost yeah in the short term there can be a higher cost associated with hiring hiring people and here's a here's a big risk is that you start looking for the cheapest person. Yeah. You know, the help that we use for our brand, I think was reasonably priced, but they were the initial proposals. They were way more than the other options that we had. Mm -hmm. And to me, it, it made no difference. It was like, I knew they were the perfect fit for what we needed. And I, I just dropped everybody else off the radar as soon as they came on, you know, into our sites, right? Yeah. Through the communal tool. It's turned out to be a great decision. Uh, hopefully all of our listeners love our new name, Proudmouth, our, our vision and purpose statement, which is to free the world's experts from sales. And we're going to work towards that. We have so many cool things we're working on. We're slowly going to be releasing here actually quite a bit of it in the next month. So, uh, so by the end of February, 2021, we'll have launched a, quite a few new initiatives, which are really excited about new boosts, the Academy, how the Academy, we use it for a better client experience as well. So our clients going to use it, some really cool stuff, better reporting on all kinds of metrics mm -hmm. through our community, which is really exciting. So our clients will have way better access to data on what we're doing and what's happening. And then the Academy, just the learning, the, the, the uh, community we're going to build of experts coming in always feeling like they're in the know, like they've got a, a great place to go to improve their mindset, to find tools, ask questions, just be in the know on all kinds of content marketing stuff, which is really just marketing these days. So that's going to be really wonderful. Mm -hmm. The other downside risk is departure, departure replacement. This is the last thing. Well, I, I don't think I get that. What, 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 what does that mean? Well, that's why I'm going to explain oh, to okay. you, my friend. Right. This has happened occasionally. And it, I find it happens with when you hire the cheap, when you outsource and you go, you hire based on price, the cheaper alternatives is that they're, if they, they disappear sometimes and that departure replacement. So they just leave and now you're scrambling to find somebody to come in mid project or, or after the handoff and you can't find people. You got to look for a couple things there. That's where a reference can be huge price can be helpful because if they're getting paid well, they're more likely to stick around. It could also mean they're more professional, more experienced, and they value their credibility more. People starting out might be chasing opportunities more, more so than people who are established. 
but make sure that you do your due diligence. That's why I think Communo is a really cool opportunity because they're already all vetted. Those are all of our tools. Thank you everybody for sticking with us there. Yeah. So the overall idea, outsource. If you have any questions, give us a holler. We're hoping that we're going to continue. <laughs> just do it. Just, uh, do, just it. do it. Yeah, just do it. Be like Nike um, sneakers. Yeah. Just do it. We're really looking forward to to this uh, coming year. We're really looking forward to continuing to add you great value with the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. And if you do have a chance, uh, make sure that you check out the, the Influence Accelerator Academy that Kirk talked about at the beginning. Uh, because that's a great way for you to find out more and more about our thought leadership, gain access to our team, and gain access to some really great information. So, Kirk, thanks, brother. Yep. As my friend Aiden says, get in the game. Do I know that guy? It's David's, it's David's boy. Oh. <laughs> He's a three-year-old that always listens, yeah, who dude, gets really listen. calm, yeah. apparently, when they're driving, when David's listened to our podcast, and apparently the three-year-old just I'm I'm hoping it's because of our smooth mesmerized. voice instead of the fact that we're really freaking boring, dude. That's awesome. Anyway. Well, I don't I don't know. He didn't say he sleeps. He just said he's just, yeah, he just calm. Okay. My kids are like that. When you when a documentary is on and somebody's talking, oh yeah, all four of my kids throughout their their lives, yeah, they just kind of slow down and stop. Yeah. Like, and right there, Kirk Lowe is the power of podcasting. So for Aiden, Mister Pulsini, Kirk Lowe, and all of us here at Proudmouth, we'll see you on the other side of the mic. Really soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to learn more about how to be your own loud podcast, visit our website, read our blog posts, attend educational webinars, and sign up for Influence Accelerator Academy.